0: Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to episode three here of the Chillin' with Duff podcast. Today is one that I'm very excited for. The guest today is Mike Hoyt. He is a defensive lineman in the NFL for the LA Rams. And he also happened to graduate from the same high school I graduated from. So it was a privilege growing up and watching him play, but also just hearing stories as I went through high school about him and the way he pushed other people and his work ethic and how contagious that was. You know, he's definitely someone, he's a smart individual, he's a hard worker, and he's someone that I think everyone can learn from, just how he approaches things and and develop that mentality and hard work. So that's something I'll talk to him about today, how he got that mentality and, and the work ethic that he possesses. And then on top of that, I'll ask him about advice that he may have for people coming from a high school like ours, a smaller high school, trying to get recruited and just how to take that initiative. And then we'll also just get talking about his journey. And I mean, it's an incredible story just being an underdog most of his time, but he excelled at everything and now he's in the NFL. So stay tuned. We got a good one for you. And here we go. Mike. Thanks for joining. Hey, man. What's going on? Oh, not much. Just, you know, chilling here in the dorm room. I'm glad to have you on.
1: Love it. Appreciate you having me on.
0: How are things going out there in the off season in L.A.?
1: Uh, it's good. We just wrapped up OTAs last week uh, or two weeks ago. So, um, you know, it's just back to training, getting ready for training camp at the end of July.
0: That's great. So, today, now that I have you on, I just want to talk to you a little bit about your journey to where you are. You have a really unique path, and um, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to ask you some questions about that.
1: Yeah, of course. Let's dive into it.
0: All right. So, let's start all the way back when you were in elementary school in Ohio, and you played basketball and football, and you were known at a real young age to excel at both. However, when you reached time to play high school sports and be a freshman, you had you headed back to Canada, where you are originally from. So how did that impact your athletic careers in both sports? And did you pick up any new sports in Canada?
1: Yeah, so um, for a little background, I was born in Canada. And then we moved, my family moved to Oakwood in Ohio in 2001, went back to Canada for freshman, sophomore year, and then came back to Oakwood for junior, senior year. Um, And I guess, you know, with hindsight, those moves, they really solidified my love of sports and my love of competition, because although the city, people, landscape, et cetera, you know, that was all new. The sports I played, you know, they're all constants. The fundamentals of the sport remain the same. Um, And I was exposed to different styles of play, different coaches, different teammates, all with uh, varying backgrounds and skill levels, which I think gave me a pretty diverse perspective and you know, diverse opinions on what the sport actually is. So, you know, I think also I had to prove myself every year. You know, it seemed that like every year, maybe with the exception of senior year of high school, uh, I was a rookie trying out for the team and it allowed me not to fall into that complacency trap. A good example, like when I moved back to Oakwood junior year, during our first lift, I paired myself up with Sam Banky, who anyone in Oakwood knows was the team's star tailback and. <laughs> one of the strongest kids on the team and uh, we were max benching and, you know, he probably had 50 pounds on my max bench. Just in Canada, weightlifting wasn't really part of the program. And that moment made me realize that if I was going to keep doing this, I'd get a lot stronger. And that only happens through hours and hours in the weight room. So, you know, having that moment created what I think is a work ethic in me that I still carry to this day. And it's an experience I may not have had if I never moved and then came back.
0: So you ended up continuing football in Canada and you said weightlifting wasn't a big part of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, the high school football in Canada, it's a little different um, only because, you know, hockey and lacrosse are kind of the two dominant sports and basketball more. So it's getting there. Um, But weightlifting isn't really part of it. And um, so, you know, it's, it's almost all just practices and then any weightlifting part of it's kind of on your own. So you know, scheduled team lifts were something that were new to me coming back into Oakwood.
0: I'm sure on top of that, there's a good amount of rule differences between American football and Canada.
1: Um, so at the end of the day, like it's the same sport. Like if you were just sitting in the bleachers watching, you would be able to tell it's football. Uh, I think the main difference is, you know, there's three downs instead of four. Um, But, you know, there were some teams, you know, so I would play for my high school, and then I would also play for a city team, which plays sort of a hybrid of Canadian and American rules. And that's for kids who are looking to play uh, football in college in America. Um, It sort of gives them um, a better pathway for recruiting that they're, you know, they're playing somewhat American rules football. So I think they play on a Canadian-sized field with a Canadian ball, um, and, but they'll play four downs, uh, and then but and then they also have the slot receivers in full motion on the snap of the ball, allowing for some big hits. <laughs> yeah, so and I was a slot back then, so I would just you know oh, really? at two hundred and forty pounds just go crack linebackers, <laughs> and it was a lot of fun.
0: I'm sure it was. So. When you came back, you made an immediate impact on the football and basketball teams at Oakwood High School. Talk to me about how great it was to be back and to have that impact.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, I was extremely excited to come back. So I grew up in Oakwood, and anybody who lives there will tell you it's an incredible place to grow up. just has this amazing sense of community, high expectations for the kids, great school system, and it just kind of feels like one big family. So, you know, and that's ultimately what brought our family back is that sense that Oakwood was home. Um, And, you know, even though Oakwood may not be known for athletics, you know, right. when you're in the heat or two days and or you hear like the drum line of the band before the game on Friday, you might as well feel like you're in the Super Bowl. So, you know, there's an energy on game day throughout the whole town that's just unmasked and it's awesome. Um, And, you know, it was nice to be able to come back. And I remember, um, at least for basketball, checking into my first game junior year and just that feeling of like having real student section there and everybody's like pumped that i'm back you know it was just you know i was probably smiling the entire game
0: (laughs) absolutely that's awesome so in my opinion to win games and become a dominant player in any sport you must know when to flip the switch from joking around to locked in and serious which there's a certain level of intensity and a strong mentality that come with that and I remember when I got up to high school in Oakwood, it was right after you had left. So my freshman year of high school was your freshman year of college. And all I'd hear about were stories from the other players that were on my team for football about how intense you were when it came to football. And Coach Snyder always used that as an example of how to be and how to act on a football field. Talk to me a little bit about your mentality and how important that is to be able to just stay intense and turn it on and, and separate joking around from the seriousness of the game.
1: Sure. I mean, that's a great question. Just, you know, I've given that a lot of thought, especially since turning pro, but your mentality is everything. Um, uh, Bruce Lee has this quote, and it says, uh, as you think, so shall you become, which I really like, because I found it to hold true. If if you wait around to see success before you believe it's going to happen, it never will. Success is a habit. So in competition, games are won before the clock even starts. So I knew that I was going to bring a ferocity and an intensity, like I was trying to win the game during workouts or practice, film study. Uh, So that way on game day, you know, I feel confident knowing that I've already won the game walking into the stadium. And that's not to say that, you know, sports and competition can't be lighthearted and fun. You know, some of the best basketball I ever played at Oakwood was on that 15, 16 championship team. And we were always joking around and keeping things light because that's what made good culture. You know, winning games and having good chemistry is a lot easier when you're actually friends with the guys on the team. Right. You know, so, we, you know, we never let the fun get in the way of the work, but I think the fun amplified the work. So I always try and keep that balance in mind and try to allow myself to enjoy the work, enjoy the grind, because you'll get more out of it, which I think is the ultimate goal.
0: Right. And that's definitely important. Transitioning into your recruiting uh, did you always want to play college football or was there like one specific moment you can think back to and say, wow, I think I want to try this in college?
1: You know, I'm not exactly sure when I set my sights on college ball. Um, somewhere definitely in my junior season. Um, you know, I think I started to have coaches reach out to me and it sort of dawned on me that my career doesn't have to end at high school. Um, you know, no one in my family has ever played college uh, football. So that wasn't really something that uh, we knew to be looking for at the, from the get-go. Um, you know, so, and once I kind of opened that door, I never really closed it. It was, and, you know, I'm sure it was, it was definitely exciting for me because it was all new to me and uh, my parents had some fun with it too, because they'd never gone through that type of experience. And, you know, I couldn't have been more fortunate that, uh, Paul Frizone, uh, the guy who recruited Ohio for Brown, you know, he was the man. And for Brown, I love the school Teammates I met there will be lifelong friends, and it led me to the NFL, all of which which never really would have happened if Frazone didn't come and pull me out of chemistry and talk to me about coming to play at Brown.
0: Exactly. That's awesome. So as far as just coming from a high school that you had said, it's a great atmosphere. It's a great place to grow up. However, when it comes to football, it is a smaller school. It's not necessarily a powerhouse school. What was recruiting like? Were you talking to a lot of coaches? Were they smaller schools? How did that kind of blossom?
1: Like you said, Oak was a small school, so a lot of the recruiting work is going to be put on you. Um, so, you know, I put together highlight tapes and sent them in with the questionnaires that you can find on pretty much any football program's website. Um, and then I sent them to a bunch of schools. And as they got through them, I started having coaches and recruiters reach out and just invite me to the recruiting camps in the summer. Uh, the interest was pretty much entirely from SCS schools, which is not big right. enough to attract, you know, Ohio state or Alabama to go, right. you know, check out. Um, but you know, and education is also really important to my family. So we thought it made a lot of sense to look at schools that could give me a great education and an equally good football experience. Um, so that way if my football career were to end, you know, I'd still be in, uh, would the school still be a good choice for me? Um, and then in the summer between junior and senior year, my mom and I went on this road trip around the country to the different recruiting camps. You know, I think we hit James Madison, Lehigh, Butler, Brown, and Cornell. Um, and I was fortunate enough to get offered and recruited by all of them. But Brown was my number one choice, and I wasn't turning that down.
0: Right. And, and it ended up well for you. And that's just a great foundation to base your choice off of is somewhere that you can excel from a school standpoint and launching forward. Yeah. So, we had
1: a, we had a senior captain um, my sophomore year named Dewey Jarvis, and he had a stint with the Falcons and then the bills, but you know, he, you know, and he's a med school now. So, uh, but he always liked to say that it's the broken leg model. And that uh, if you were to wake up and your legs broken, you can't play football anymore. Um, you know, are is the school still a good choice and uh, do you still have options available to you and i thought brown really checked that box
0: absolutely that's that's a perfect school for that and that's a perfect mentality to have because you can't always bank on that success or or you, you know things are always going to pop up and so exactly. that's a great model to have so going through recruiting you are where you are now is there any advice you'd have for an Oakwood kid listening to this or just to anyone from one of those smaller schools that don't attract the Ohio States and the Bamas on how to help their own recruiting?
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't speak to the FBS level, but um, at the FCS level, which I know you know well, the recruiting right. camps are everything. So a lot of coaches don't feel comfortable offering players just on film. You know, they want to see you run, compete. Um, they want to see you do new drills and run through indie. So definitely go to many of those as you can um, and as many as you can fit in in that summer between junior and senior year. And when you're there, show them that you're going to work harder than everyone. Be at the front of every drill, sprint from station to station, make yourself stand out. These coaches, they want to see heart. They want to see guys that they can count on to come to workouts for four years while managing the stresses and distractions of college and still give them great effort. So, you know, if you can't bring your best effort to a recruiting camp, you definitely won't bring it to a 5 a.m. winter workout. And if they can't trust you at 5 a.m. in February, they're not going to trust you at noon on game day. So when you go there, show them that you're going to show up.
0: Absolutely. That's that's great <clears throat> advice. And so now we get to your time at Brown, if we're going down a timeline here. Talk about just the benefits to being there, which you've already kind of talked about academic-wise and everything. And just your time there, some of the cool experiences you got to go through.
1: Yeah, I mean, Brown's a pretty special place. It's it's kind of got that perfect size to it. It's got really great facilities. At the end of the day, you're walking with a away with a degree from an amazing school. You know, I think I took comfort knowing that if I wasn't able to play football, I'd still have doors open to me. Um, and you also meet some really cool people in college anywhere you go. And I was fortunate enough to meet some of the, my best friends and some really cool and have some really cool experiences there. You know, I got advice from someone and I don't remember who told me, so sorry if you're listening and it was you, but, uh, <laughs> they said, choose a school that if football were out of the picture, it'd still be the perfect school from you. And Brown is definitely that place. You know, I'd go back there to not play football and just experience the four years again.
0: That's, that's exactly what you want. That's awesome. So how about this? You were a two-time captain at Brown, correct? Yes. So what did that mean to you? Because that's very rare.
1: Um, it was special. And, you know, I don't think I really appreciated it while I was there. But definitely with hindsight, it's, it's something that, you know, I'm really, really proud of. And But I think more importantly, it, it motivated me during workouts because I felt I had a responsibility to be the hardest working guy on the team. You know, if I as a captain couldn't produce the work ethic needed to win, then how could I expect anyone else to? Um, And during my time there, the program had some down years. So, you know, I think I gained a lot of experience from that. Football is a sport where, you know, it's either success or complete misery. And especially in the Ivy League, which has 10 games and no playoffs, every single game is life or death. One bad performance will knock you out of contention for the title. Um, And learning to handle the expectations of being a leader in that environment has shaped who I am as a player and as a person. Um, And, you know, with hindsight, uh, nothing really motivated me in the offseason like a losing record the previous year. So uh, it's probably it probably has a lot to do with where I am today because the work I put in to try and not have a losing record the next year, you know, probably pushed me further than I may have gone and probably has a lot to do with the player that I am today.
0: Absolutely. And and just to think that you got selected twice there as the captain there shows how valuable your time was there and just speaks to your character. So you put an impressive career together there, obviously. Uh, you became a guy to keep tabs on for NFL scouts, Uh was there an aha moment for you maybe during your career when you realized, wow, I could do this, I could go to the NFL?
1: Um, I think after my junior year is kind of when that started. I had had conversations with my coaches, my family, and you know, my friends on the team, um, and that kind of put a confidence in me that I could play at the next level. I knew I'd be a long shot coming out of a school like Brown, but hey, I was, I mean, I was a long shot coming out of Oakwood. So <laughs> it wasn't really new territory for me uh, to have to prove myself once again. You know, I did in high school, I did in college, and, you know, now I'm just preparing to do it in the NFL. So I knew I had the work ethic to carry me there. And then, um, you know, once senior season ended, it was onto the process of doing the pro day getting, you know, filmed in front of college scouts, signing with an agent and just taking on the next steps.
0: The good old time where you're taking those next steps, you're preparing for the draft and COVID-19 pandemic hits you right when you're preparing for that draft, those pre-workouts, all that. How hard was that to manage? How tough of a time was that for you?
1: It was definitely poor timing, but I thankfully made it out pretty unscratched. So I was training for my pro day at Mike Boyle Strength and Conditioning in Boston. And I knew my numbers were going to pop at the pro day. And so I was really excited to have that pro day. Um, that is until the NFL had to pull all the scouts off the road and every single pro day was canceled. Uh, so for about 15 minutes, you know, I have the uh, thoughts of like, this is how dreams go to die. Um, but, you know, I just had to get creative and problem solve. So if scouts weren't going to come to me, I was going to go to them virtually, so I recorded all the normal drills I would have done for a pro day, put together highlight tapes, and then had my agent send them to pretty much every coach and scout that would put their eyes on them, Um, and I did it really early, too. like I had this probably done within 24 to 48 hours, and I probably had one of the first virtual pro days out there, and it was all put together on iMovie on my laptop. You know, and it worked, you know, I got interest from teams and signed with my number one choice in the Rams. So, you know, I and it probably there's a lot, probably a lot of parallels coming out of Oakwood, getting into Brown, where, you know, if you're at a small school and you're not necessarily getting the attention that you need, you got to take ownership of it and find a way to get your film and your workouts in front of the eyes of scouts. And that worked for Brown and then it worked for the Rams.
0: Absolutely. And so at that at that virtual pro day, which was just a great idea to get that out right away, you ran a four, six, five, 40 yard dash at two hundred ninety pounds, which is amazing. You had a tremendous college career with many accolades on top of that and had great size. However, you were still an FCS player, which, as we talked about, that makes you kind of the long shot or an underdog. How were you able to manage the nerves you had going into the draft, being potentially undrafted? And obviously that worked out for you. So what did that mean?
1: I knew going into the draft just through conversations with my agent that, you know, I was going to be, you know, a seventh round or undrafted guy. So, you know, I'm not disappointed when I'm not hearing my name on the first two days of the draft, Uh, you know, but I was confident in my pro day numbers and my highlights. Um, I was confident in the conversations I'd had with NFL coaches and scouts. And I knew I was going to end up somewhere. Uh, and it worked out great. I mean, the Rams came in with a great offer and they were my number one choice schematically. So it was an easy decision. I think the harder part for an undrafted free agent is sort of training camp. And we didn't have OTAs because they were shut down. They were all virtual. So, you know, your first experience in the NFL is training camp and any day can be your last and you sort of have to treat it as such. You know, I'd show up hours early and stay hours late because if I was going to get cut, it wouldn't be because I didn't work hard enough and I wanted to them to see the type of person that they signed. I wanted to show that I cared enough and was committed enough to my own development that they were right to take a shot on me.
0: Exactly. That, that just speaks again to your mentality. That's that's fantastic. So you got to go, as you said, your number one choice, the Rams, and you guys ended up being the team on HBO's Hard Knocks. How was that experience?
1: Hard Knocks was cool. I mean, you don't really notice that they're around. You sort of forget that the cameras are there and, you know, I don't think they got to be as close or involved uh, because of the COVID protocols for training camp. Um, But for me, Hard Knocks was cool to watch because you got to relive the previous week that you just went through. And as a rookie in training camp, you're always on the go. So every second not spent doing football, you pretty much spend eating or sleeping so Hard Knocks is a nice way to kind of slow down and recap what I was actually doing. There would be moments on the show where I would think to myself, oh, yeah, I forgot that happened. And it was the day before. Um, and it kind of gave me perspective that, you know, I'm only the main character in my own life that, you know, watching this, I realize that I am part of something bigger. And, you know, that motivated me to keep fighting for it because I wanted to be a part of that something bigger.
0: Absolutely. So let's talk about the fact that now you get to learn from one of the best in your position, Aaron Donald. He's your teammate. And how has that been to be able to learn from him?
1: 80 is a monster. I mean, he's the best defensive lineman to ever play the game. So right. um, being around him while the team prepares for a game is just invaluable experience. I picked up so much football last year, uh, from being in that defensive line room, you know, with guys like Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, Sebastian Joseph Day, Morgan Fox, Sean Robinson, Greg Gaines, you know, and I feel like I have a much better understanding and respect for the defensive line position um, being around those guys. And it's even helped me, you know, to enjoy and appreciate the game of football even more. Just, you know, you can go in um, at pretty much every detail, like you can go down, to the angle of your first step and uh, where you're placing that, how, you know, within a couple inches of where you're lined up as a three technique, you can back up a little bit more and you can talk about what is my assignment, pass rush ability. Um, You can back up a little more and talk about, you know, play calling and what this defense is supposed to do. Back up a little more and you're talking about, you know, calling a full game and making sure that you're preparing for a full season you know, not showing, you know, certain plays against one team because you need them against another team. Um, And then you back up even more. And it's, you know, putting together a program, uh, scouting, and, you know, just building one of these billion dollar uh, teams. So that's one of the things I really love about football and that I really appreciated in my first year is that, you know, you can go in at any level of the game and just geek out on details. And that's why I think football is the best sport in the world. I
0: completely agree. (laughs) Um, So now I do want to ask you about, you said that the Rams were your number one choice. What made that your number one choice? I
1: think schematically um, they are a really good fit. Uh, Just the, well, we do a lot of different fronts and we play, we have a lot of freedom in the pass rush game um, to just go get after the uh, quarterback. So I think, you know, Schematically, schematically, it worked. Uh, Coach Henderson, uh, the defensive line coach there, I really liked him really liked his mentality and what he brings to the game. And, you know, I think it's also hard to turn down palm trees and football. So, uh, you know, and I would pretty much never been to California. So um, it just everything about it just seemed perfect for me.
0: Right, and California is a good ways away from Oakwood, Ohio, and Canada as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was I've done East Coast, I've done West Coast, North, Midwest. I guess I got to go down to like Texas or Florida or somewhere hit <laughs> the South, and then I've got everything covered. Right, I guess so. So,
0: overall, just being a member of the team last year as a rookie and and working this off season, getting ready for another year with the Rams, how has this experience been, and and what kind of goals do you have moving forward for yourself?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've loved every second of it. Um, I, I think we'll we'll do the latter part first. The goals, you know, in the, in the near term, it's uh, to win a Super Bowl. I mean, you have to keep that, your mind clear and your eyes focused on the prize because careers in the NFL are short and you have a very limited window to try and win one. You know, everything we do on a year-round basis is all towards bringing a Lombardi home to Los Angeles. And, you know, that's why the fans come to support us. And the job isn't to play football, the job is to win. Um, and so, you know, we have to keep that in mind. Um, and then, you know, more longer term, I guess, I want to become the absolute best player that I can be. Um, and it means seeking out training, both physical and mental and required to perform at a high level. I know I have so much to learn and grow from and you know I sort of love waking up every morning and having that feeling that I'm on a journey you know it's a personal development journey that will and has taken me further into more unexpected places than I ever could have imagined
0: right and that's great and I, I believe in you guys i uh, I'm really I really just want to say thank you for your time and and remind everyone listening to this to keep tabs on Michael Hoyt as he accomplishes big things moving forward and Hopefully you gained a lot of fans from
1: this, Mike. Appreciate it. This was fun. Thanks, Jonathan.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Have a good rest of your day. And
1: yep, and good luck to you guys this year.
0: I appreciate it. Same to you, and, and I'll stay in touch, maybe wish you a few congrats after you win a few playoff games and get to that Super Bowl you're talking about. Appreciate it, man. Awesome. Have a good one. You too. That was really great to have Michael on. Really appreciative of his time and him joining me today. As I said... He's a hard worker and he's someone that we can all learn from. So hopefully you got something out of listening to this today and be sure to stay tuned for episode four and thanks for listening.